I uh, appreciate pastors. I guess the best word is insight on that because sometimes you start something and it doesn't get finished. How many of you have ever had something like that in your life? Started it and it never got finished. Boy, here we are coming up on New Year's, so that's kind of a sore subject, isn't it? <laughs> but the reality of it is, I, I've had a couple of preachers that said, Brother Mike, we know how these things work, and you're going to need more help after than you will in the beginning. And that's so true. Thank you for that, preacher. Uh, we, we have such a need. I told Pastor, this place, Grace Oasis, was built by a European man, and par excellence. I mean, the, the uh, foundational work, the structure of the buildings, all that's just excellent. It's been European built, but it's been African maintained, okay? And we've got plumbing issues, we've got electrical issues. I, I hear some of you guys are electricians, and if I could have you there with me on the ground December 28th, we'd go to work, okay? There's just so much that needs to be done. Emily's wedding took place on the Grace Oasis property. And right before she went out, you know, to say her vows, we flipped the light switch and that thing arced, you know, and, uh, you know, thatched roof, grass roof, <laughs> you know, and I just said, oh, Lord have mercy, we got to get on this place, but there's just so much to do, there's a lot of work to be done, that's carpentry type work, rebuilding doors and things, Cindy and I, we've moved out of the house that we've rented for seven years, and we're going to be moving into that, what you saw, Haley's Cottage, and that's about a quarter of what our house used to be. So we've got some renovations and remodeling we've got to do there to get settled there. The blessing is we won't have to pay rent anymore, and we'll actually live on property, and that'll lend some security and that kind of thing as well. But uh, the, there's an office. We want to build a block building, okay? Uh, maybe think about like a 20-foot office, a 20-foot container, something a little bigger than that, and we're wanting to build, uh, she and I, an office that will actually be out of the house and uh, so that house is house, home is home, but the office will be just a few steps outside of the house. And that's one of the things I'm hoping maybe we could get done uh, while you folks are there. So we've got to get back. As soon as we get on the ground, we'll be on the ground December 29th. As soon as we get on the ground, we're going to make a video, do a walk around, do a video, you know, specify some of those types of things so a guy will be able to look and say, oh, man, I can fix that, you know, and uh, hopefully that'll... That'll give you some more vision. Let me ask you to turn to Luke chapter 5 tonight. Luke chapter 5, I don't know what's going on with my voice. This just started a few hours ago, and uh, I haven't even hollered at my wife today, so I don't know why this is going on, but uh, got a frog's crawled in there or something, sir. Okay, great. Thank you. Oh, perfect. And, uh, <clears throat> but I want to ask you tonight, just quickly, by way of an introduction to the message. If there was one thing, if you and the Lord were standing, talking together, there was one thing that the Lord asked of you, said, this is what I want from you, what do you think that would be? Just some quick answers tonight. What would it be? Our love? Our obedience? all right answers the reality of it is it's our heart this one's us um, I want to speak to you tonight about what it means to be truly yielded to God truly yielded to God I believe God still desires 
to do great things in this generation. Now, I'm convinced the Lord's coming soon. How many of you believe that? I mean, we're excited. You know, we're, we're probably the generation that's going to see the return of the Lord, and I hope that's true. But God still desires to do great things, and missions is about catching men, okay? Everything we do, everything we do, and there's a lot of things we have to do beyond evangelism and discipleship and church planning, but everything we do is geared towards reaching the lost for Christ. But once we reach the lost for Christ, we then have to teach them what it means to give their whole heart and their whole life to Christ. When I got saved, okay, I didn't just get a fire escape out of hell. Jesus became the Lord of my life. I, I had a divine awareness of His presence and His expectations upon me. And the rest of my Christian life has been a process of being totally surrendered to God, totally yielded to God. And you know, the Apostle Paul said we have to die daily. Sometimes we think we're totally yielded to God, only to find out that our flesh can get in the way, and we struggle a bit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And let's be honest tonight. We're in church, so don't lie about it, okay? It's not a good place to lie. Amen. But the truth of the matter is, for us to see the great things that God wants to do in our lives, and that God wants to do through our lives, all right? We must be totally yielded to Him. And we see that in the life of Simon Peter here. I think you're going to be very uh, familiar with this, uh, this passage. But look, if you will, in Luke chapter 5. And I want you to read with me, if you will, please, verse 11. Can we read that in unison? All right, here we go. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed Him. Now, that's a lot said right there in that one verse. But when we talk about being truly yielded to God, there's a process that God allows us to go through and to experience that leads us to that. It's not something that just happens in a moment. It's a procession of time. It takes place over time. And I believe it begins with something that is very near and dear to us as Americans in our American culture. Pastor and I were talking about it over dinner tonight. And that is our things. Our things. And what we're going to see in the life of Simon Peter is that the Lord started where he starts with most people and what is near and dear to our hearts. And that are, those are our possessions. The yielding of our possessions. Look at verse 1, if you will. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. Now, how many of you believe that details are not by accident in the Bible? The Bible says there's two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were going out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships all right, say these next three words with me. Which was Simon's. Now, how many of you have some things that you call your own? You call your own. I have tools, okay? Milwaukee tools that I came by near and dear to my heart that you cannot replace in Botswana. And brother, if Pastor Haley catches you with his Milwaukee tools in your hands, you better have his permission 
God's permission and a note from your mama saying it's okay. That's how near and dear those are to me because I got no way to replace them if they get damaged. Okay? Matter of fact, I'm so, so serious about it that one day I saw my wife using my drill. And I said, you know what I'm going to do for you, honey? She said, what's that? I said, I'm going to buy you your own drill. <laughs> Amen. Now she has hers and I have mine. And it's, we're one big happy family. Can I get a witness? How many of you, amen. <laughs> How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? You guys that didn't raise your hands, you're just cowards. Amen. <laughs> you know it's true. Yeah. The yielding of our possessions. The Bible says the boat was Simon's. And notice what the Lord does. The Lord comes to Simon and he prayed him. Now, I love that word. He prayed him. It's like, Simon, could you do me a favor? Could I impose upon you just a little bit? He prayed him that he would, notice the word, thrust out a little from the land. Now, we're getting a lot of detail here. And it's not by accident. It's God showing us how he works to bring us to himself and to be wholly yielded to him. The Bible says he thrust out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, the Bible says this, a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. So our worth should never be measured by the things that we have. The same Bible says that God gives us richly all things to enjoy. The Apostle Paul said, I know both how to abound and I know how to be abased and I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now you can't learn that unless you've experienced it. So probably most of us in this room tonight could give an account of maybe a time when we had very little, if almost nothing, and times when we've had plenty, and it's a blessing. I mean, how many of you remember the joy of not having to get to the bank on Friday? Isn't that a blessing? When you're not living paycheck to paycheck, okay? <coughs> Excuse me. But the truth of the matter is, it's something we experience. It's something we learn. And in verse 3, we see some things about this, this shift. First of all, we see it was available. It was available. Second of all, we see that the Lord sat in the boat. And we see that the Lord asked Simon if he could use his boat. Now don't miss this. The Lord wanted Simon to use his boat. It was a little thing. Simon readily agreed. But before we're done, God's going to ask Simon to lose his boat. And the Bible says, whosoever will lose his life for my sake will gain it. And can I just say to you tonight, if I may, kind of a summary statement here. I do not want to get to heaven and stand before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ. And see that there was something, some work, some opportunity where God wanted to use my life and where God wanted to accomplish great things for His glory through my life, but I allowed some inanimate object. 
to hinder that work in my life. You maybe have heard of the story of the monkey in the African jungle. And those who hunt monkeys know how to hunt monkeys very effectively. How many of you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. You know, if you want to catch a monkey, all you got to do is put a piece of fruit in a box that's nailed to the ground and put a hole and that monkey will slip his hand into that box and he'll grab hold of that piece of fruit. And then when the hunters are coming, all he's got to do, all he's got to do is let go of that fruit, slip his hand out and he's free. But he will hold on to that piece of fruit until they come and they kill the monkey because he is not going to let go of what he has in his grasp. And my soul, folks, listen, the Lord begins. Listen, there's a simplicity to things. There's a simplicity to things. Things are just things, aren't they? They're just things. And there's nothing wrong with having things as long as things don't have you. My wife and I, when we got ready to move out of our house, we've been there seven years. How many of you know you can amass a lot of stuff in seven years? I mean, right before we went to Botswana, we went through a season of our life where we just like kind of like got rid of everything. It was the most liberating moment of my life. But stuff just keeps coming, you know. Stuff. We got gadgets, you know. We got gadgets for everything. And here's all this stuff and and. We're getting ready to move. And I said, well, let's just get rid of some things. Let's downsize. I'm a, I'm a neat freak. I don't like a bunch of clutter laying around. And, I, and I'm like, let's just get rid of some stuff. And we began to inventory everything we had. And she said, well, the problem is everything we have, we use in some form or fashion for the ministry. And I said, you know, you're right. I just can't think of almost anything we get rid of. So we got rid of one thing, got rid of our daughter. I'm not so sure that was the right choice, preacher. <laughs> I think I'd have rather burn everything else and kept her, amen. <laughs> but no, the Lord said to Simon, I want to use your boat. Now there's a simplicity to things, but there's also a complexity to things. And the complexity is that much of our identity, and can I just say very carefully tonight, but very seriously, okay, Much of our identity in our American culture is tied to physical things. Have you ever noticed how much we allow those things to define ourselves? And where I'm going tonight is this, that yielding to God starts with such a simple matter as yielding your physical possessions to the Lord. Now let me say this, the Lord Jesus stepped in a boat. And the minute he stepped into Simon's boat, the net value of that inanimate object really, really went up. And can I just ask you a question tonight? Let's just, hey, keep it simple. Is God in your things? Is God in your things? I don't think there's anything wrong with having anything as long as that thing is wholly and completely given over to God. And if God says use it, then use it. And if God says lose it, lose it. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Can I get a witness? Amen. But you know that's a basic starting point, isn't it? I mean, people struggle with tithing. People struggle with missions giving. People struggle with, well, what's the preacher going to ask me to give up? Well, God's not going to ask you to give up anything that he don't put incredible things back into your life in place of it. And, and a Wednesday night crowd ought to know that, right? 
Amen. So let's go on to the second thing, okay? And can I just say that God was interested in using the boat, but the real target was the man. That's where we're going, isn't it? Okay, look secondly, the yielding of our time. So we see that the fishermen were going out of the boats. They were washing their nets. It wasn't the time to fish, okay? But in verse 4, the Bible says, or verse 3, the Bible says that when the Lord was done teaching, uh, or I'm sorry, he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, when he left speaking, so you know, the Lord speaks, he teaches, Simon's listening intently, now he's done. Simon, like most of us, said, okay, show's over, let's wrap this thing up and go home. But the Lord wasn't done. <laughs> Truth of the matter is, you're going to see this when you come to Botswana, this means absolutely nothing in Africa. It's a joke, amen? They have what they call African time. And I want to tell you something. This missionary, he loves his people. I really do. Most days. There are some days when I could pinch their head off and feed it to a dog. I'm not kidding you. When they, you know, say they're going to come on time or they're going to do something and you're dependent on them, they don't show up. And that's just their culture. It's been said of us that our ancestors lived by the calendar and we live by the clock. And it's very true. We live by the clock. But how many of us understand tonight, I just want to make a brief shot over the bow on this and pass on to something better. How many of us understand tonight that the reality of it is, is that God not only deserves what we have, but God deserves our time. And if there's anything we might struggle with a little bit, again, in our American culture, it's making time for the things of God. We make time for everything, but quite often we don't make time for God. And yielding of ourselves means not just yielding our things, but yielding our time. But I want you to see thirdly, look here quickly if you will. Verses 4 and 5, the yielding of our will. And this is really the center of what we want to talk about tonight. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, read that word with me. Launch. Launch. Now thrust out a little was kind of a polite, can I impose on you a little bit? Launch is this is not an option. The word launch there is a command. He said, launch out where? Into the deep and let down your nets, plural, for a draught or a large pull, a catch. Now, just understand that the Lord began working with Simon in the shallow waters. But now he's going to take Simon to the deep waters. And God, I told you, yielding your life to Christ is a process. It's a process that takes place through time. And I'm glad. Aren't you glad? Uh, who was it? Somebody said, who was it led their friend of the Lord this week? Okay. Hey, brother, aren't you glad that when you got saved, God did not place all of his demands on you like, boom. No, the Bible says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. There's things you expect a baby to do, and there's things you expect a grown adult to do, and they're not the same. But in time, in time, we should grow into God's expectations. 
Can I get a witness? And what we see here, okay, is that the Lord asks Simon to yield his will. His will. He said, launch into the deep. I want you to see Simon's reasonable reluctance. His reasonable reluctance. Look what he says in verse 5. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. We toiled all the night. What does that mean? We're tired. We're tired. We want to go home. And we've taken nothing. We're frustrated. How many of you have ever been tired and frustrated? And in the midst of you being tired and frustrated, the Lord comes up. With something he wants done or wants to do in your life. Now, again, I'm not trying to be unkind tonight, but one of the things I see in Christianity today is that a lot of people are tired and a lot of people are frustrated and a lot of people feel like they're spinning their wheels in their walk with God and they just feel like, you know, I don't think this thing's doing anything for me. It's not challenging me anymore. Well, it never will. Until you launch out into the deep. It never will until you give it wholly over to God. But it's when you and I wholly surrender our life to God. Can I just say it? It's when the, and I don't want to minimize something tonight. But that's when the real adventure of life with God begins. There's just far too many people that want to fish in the shallow waters of their Christian faith. God says, we're going to the deep end of the pool. And you will learn how to swim. Amen. I shared with Pastor tonight, I plead with you tonight from the depths of my heart in all sincerity. Please, brothers, sisters, pray for us. I told Pastor, I said, I feel like I'm in the Super Bowl. And God just handed me the ball. He said, now run, boy, run. And you don't want to drop the ball. I don't want to fumble. I don't want to miss the points. Amen. But as I shared with him tonight, the same God that has led us in the shallow places of our life will be faithful to us when we head to the deep waters. Amen. The yielding of our will. Simon had a reasonable reluctance here, okay? But I want you to see what it looks like, the yielding of our will. First of all, the yielding of our will is yielding to the Word of God. See that in verse 5? Nevertheless, at thy word will I let down the net. And folks, listen, there's a whole lot of people that go around saying, God told me to do this, and God told me to do that, and God's led me to do this. Listen, if you don't have God's Word on it, it ain't from God. Before we ever, 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 ever even gave an honest thought to purchasing that property. I mean, can you imagine you're a missionary and you write a letter back to your supporting churches and pastors and say, we need to raise half a million dollars in less than five months. I've had more than one of my friends say, brother, at first I thought you were crazy. I said, I thought I was crazy. 
But there's a spiritual due diligence that you go through when God gives you something like that to do. And listen, you don't venture into it unless you know you have got God's word on it. But when God gives you his word, when God says launch into the deep and we're going to catch fish, you got to go. Amen? You got to take him at his word. There's yielding to his word. But I want you to see yielding to his where. We see that in verse 4. He said, launch where? Launch into the deep. And beloved, when God leads us to the deep waters, we got to yield and we got to go. I also want you to see we have to yield to his when. His when. Look at verse 2. The Bible says they had washed their nets. Can I just say it this way? They'd cleaned up for the day. They'd put away their gear The shift was over. It's time to go home and rest and come back out at twilight and head back out onto the open waters and fish again. It was time to mend and wash. The natural time to catch fish was at night. But this was going to be a supernatural act of God that took place in the daytime hours. Now, can I ask you a question? How many of us here tonight would be very honest and say that usually, usually, When we have something in mind, God's time is not our time. I don't know about you, but for years in my Christian life, I just, Pastor, I just kind of struggled wondering why can't God be reasonable? Why does it have to be the midnight hour, Lord, when you save me? Why can't you save me at eight o'clock in the morning? Why does it, when the bill is due or the car payment or the rent was due, why does it have to be the very last minute, Lord? But you know what I've never forgotten? Those very last minute moments. Matter of fact, they're so ingrained upon my heart that I teach them to my kids and I say, now guess what? It's time for you to start experiencing those very last minute moments and learning what it is to live by faith and seeing God do the great and the mighty things he promised he'd do in your life. So there's the word of God, there's the where, there's the when. But then I want you to see lastly, we have to yield our pride. We have to yield to our pride. Verse 6, Simon in verse 5, he lets down the net, a singular net. There's a great truth there, but let's look at verse 6. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Now I want you to see what happened in verse 8. But before we do, can I ask you a question? What was Simon Peter's trade? And what was the Lord Jesus' trade? Well, he's a carpenter by trade. So, you know, I I personally, and this is just my nature, okay? I personally would not have a problem. If Simon Peter was like, you know, Jesus, if I need a curio cabinet for my wife, I'll call you. But really, 
I'm tired, I'm frustrated, and now you're going to teach me where to go and how to catch fish. And by the way, we've already been out there, and it ain't a good night. It wasn't a good night. Now, you know what the Bible says? Not to rest in your own understanding. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Lean not unto thine own understanding. And I don't know about you, but I like to figure things out. I like to have the answers. I like to come up with the solutions. But sometimes you just have to say, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm coming up empty-handed, but you're God. And if you said we're going to go there and we're going to catch a great harvest of fish, even though it makes zero sense to me, not my will, but thine be done. And can I say it's not just what God wills to do, but it's the way God wants to do it sometimes that is just as important. Are we together? Now look at the end here. Yielding to our pride. In verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draw to the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And now we're back to our text. Let me say quickly, there was a higher purpose. There was a higher purpose to all of this. It wasn't just about catching fish. It wasn't just about the miracle. It was about the man. First of all, the glory of God. Simon Peter didn't start jumping up and down and shouting and saying, Woo, look what we got here. No, he fell to his knees and he was astonished at the power of God. And then there's a greater call. He said, from henceforth, from now on, thou shalt catch men. Why is it so important that we be completely yielded to God? Two reasons. First of all, the glory of God. Every aspect of our life should be lived for God's glory. And however God chooses to get that glory is His business. Amen? But secondly, God wants us to be fruitful. God wants us to be fruitful. God told Simon, let down your nets, plural. And I'll, I'll just be honest with you tonight. We see that Simon let down one net. Maybe there's something there in the scriptures I don't understand. But the way I see it, plain and simple, is the Lord was specific nets. Simon let down a net. And I just the practical application I get from that is that quite often, I know it's my case, we just underestimate what God wants to do. And we always will until we are fully surrendered to God. And then God begins to show us what he really wants to do. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed for just a moment. Pastor, if you'll come. And... Uh...